Are you looking to grow revenues, increase profitability, or obtain financing? If so, you came to the right place. Running a business is all about leadership. How do you become a better leader? Learn from the successful entrepreneurs and business owners how to lead your organization more effectively. That's why we created Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business, to help you succeed with your host, Andrew Frazier, Business Growth Pro and CFO and founder of the Small Business Pro University. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're joined by experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who share their secrets to success via live stream. Also, every Friday morning, we release a new podcast episode. Either way, you will learn about developing your business leadership skills from our roster of highly performing guest experts. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com. Welcome to Leadership Live at 805. I'm your host, Andrew Frazier, and excited to be back here with you once again talking small business. Um, each week, we have a great guest on where we chat about different key topics that could be valuable for entrepreneurs and business owners. You know, working with so many entrepreneurs and business owners over the years, one of the things that I've found is, you know, the key to being successful is becoming a great leader leading your business forward is the key to success. So that's why we do this um, live stream and podcast because, you know, many small business owners need access to ways that they can develop their leadership, get greater exposure so that they can run their business better, make better decisions and be more successful. So that's really what today is all about. Uh, that's what I'm committed to. That's what my guests are committed to. And we hope that you take valuable information and insights away from what we're doing. We've got a great guest here this evening. Um, our guest is Miriam Cruz. And, you know, she, she's going to be talking about finances and making business, making finance easier for your business. And, you know, that's what every small business owner uh, pretty much needs needs help with and guidance. So we've got an expert here. She's done business financing. She's been a loan officer. She's worked with businesses in terms of training and development. Um, currently in her business, she actually works directly with small business owners. Um, and she is a small business owner and you know helps guide them through the business financing process, but also helps them get their business financing and records keeping and reporting um, up to speed so that they can have the information they need to run their business better. So very excited to um, have Miriam here. I've known her for several years uh, through different organizations and different things that she's been doing. And she's always been tremendous and you know outspoken leader for um, small businesses and their success. So Miriam, Welcome to Leadership Live at 805. Excited to have you here this evening. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for the invitation for me. It's a pleasure to be here tonight and be able to have a conversation about 
uh, what affects a small business and its access to capital and why it's important for them to put their financials in order to obtain the financing that they need. Okay, great, great. So yeah, we're gonna dig into that because um, you know access to capital is always a challenge for small business owners, but there's things you can do to increase your likelihood of obtaining financing. And at the end of the day, the things that you do to obtain, increase your likelihood of financing, it does that because it helps you be a better business person and run your business better. So you also get the result of growing revenues and increasing profits. And that's what it's really all about. Wouldn't you say, Miriam? Yes, yes. I think when you start a business, sometimes you do have a plan and you know where you want to uh what your vision is but sometimes you just start a business because you have a passion and you don't have a plan uh, but eventually if you don't plan correctly it gets out of hand and you might end up uh, being out of business in no time and sometimes um, to save a business planning for success is the key to be successful yep yep as they always say failing the plan is planning to fail so right. Nobody thinks they're planning to fail, but if you don't have a plan, you're actually doing it. So, uh, you know, so that being said, um, you know, I told you a little bit about Marion, but she's, you know, done some amazing things, doing some great things, and I can't do her justice. So I'm going to let her talk to you about where she's from, a little bit about her journey and how she got to where she, where she is, where she is, what she does and why. So, go ahead. So, I immigrated to the United States in 2001 from Ecuador. Um, back home, I had an accounting degree and I also had um, business school experience. I went to college and I studied business and I specialized in marketing and human resources. Uh, when I came to the US, obviously, like everybody else, I had to work very hard to get be somewhere and um, my first job were you know a waitress and uh, eventually I was able to learn the language and I started working at the bank and for 18 years I worked in a banking and started as a teller and I worked my way up and um, majority of my experience was in commercial lending SBA lending and that was what I did for a big uh, part of my career I help business owners to obtain financing. I help business owners to purchase commercial real estate. And I was able to work with business owners on identifying the things that they were doing wrong that were um, kind of closing their doors to obtaining financing. And having the accounting expertise uh, obviously helped me to understand financials and helped me to identify things that they were not doing properly. And also uh, I started learning about how important the credit history is and how you need to build um, good credit, good credit and good credit reports. So kind of like everything that I've done in my life ties with uh, one thing and the other. Banking was definitely a big stepping stone in my career. It gave, it gave me a lot of knowledge. It put me in front of business owners that I never really thought about, you know, helping. And eventually I start having the passion of helping business owners and seeing them being successful. And when I did SBA financing, 
um, open up my eyes to see how people start from scratch, a business, they grow it, and eventually they expand. So I saw, it, it picked my interest and at some point I was like, I want to be one of those business owners. I want to be, you know, um, I want to have a business. I want to be able to grow my business. I want to have employees and I'm working on that plan now. So it, it, there's a five-year plan. Um, I have two years on it. But I, I gotta say, you know, it's not easy. You fall, you uh, you make mistakes, and then you readjust and you keep going. And um, it's been a, a very interesting journey. And the fact that I'm able to help with my experience and my knowledge, business owners to secure financing, that's for me uh, a win-win win for me because I'm actually doing what I'm passionate about, and win for business owners because they're able to obtain the financing that they're looking for. That's great. Thanks, Miriam, for um, you know introducing yourself, telling a little bit about your journey, what you're doing. You know, it's great that you're passionate about what you do and really care about the people you work with. Um, but also you mentioned something key that, you know, even though you have a lot of experience, you have your own business and it's not easy. No. So um so you you can appreciate what they're going through firsthand um which which is valuable and just you know so as a business owner um if it's hard and challenging that's the way it's supposed to be and that's part of the you know fun of having a business because you're always learning you're always doing things um so um so definitely that just gives additional perspective so um so great so you know one thing that we wanted to talk about was business financing and financial management and they go hand in hand um but miriam can you tell people a little bit about what what really is financial management because um on a certain level people hear that and say okay yeah i know what that means but they really don't so can you give a little bit of a yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. So I think starting from my own experience, uh, I seen business or business owners that started a business and didn't have enough money saved to make it through their first year or two years where you hardly make any money to break even. And it starts from the, the you know, putting a plan in place where you save money and you put money on the side when you're gonna start your business. And that way, when you actually start running your business, if you're not gener generating money immediately, then you have money saved that you can use to survive until you start actually generating income. It, it starts from the fact that you need to start separating your you know, business income from your personal income because many people they start using their personal accounts or they start using your business accounts like they were their personal accounts and they commingle transactions from their personal and business expenses. It starts from uh, creating or um, start like the foundation to establish business credit. And then, um, you know, keeping the right controls in place to be able to to identify how the business is doing and if they need to readjust the way they're managing their business. So there's a lot of things that you need to start working on, um, you know, as far as like the right steps when you open up business 
setting up that business account, start separating your business income, uh, paying your vendors the right way, uh, establishing business credit, uh, putting an accounting system in place, being able to generate monthly reports, knowing how to read them, work with a CF, uh, CFO, work with a with a right accountant. It, it entails a lot of uh, a, a team that you need to work with to be able to uh, to manage your finances the right way. So that's the starting point for any business. And I, like I said, being in banking and seeing business owners constantly overdrawing them in their bank account and because they were not managing their, their, their money the right way or because, um, you know, they just kept checks in their, in, in their wallet and they didn't deposit them because they didn't have the time to do it or just not invoicing their clients after, after the service of uh, their clients. So there were a lot of things that I experienced myself when I was in banking that I saw business owners doing. And those are the things that um, no one really has a conversation with them about basic stuff, uh, you know, uh, finances 101. And that's a conversation that a lot of times when you see someone starting a business, you, you know, someone should have with a counselor. And as you know, there's a lot of uh, tools and uh, resources available for small businesses that they're not taking advantage of. Okay, great. Yeah, no, definitely. That's that's key. Miriam, we're going to um, take a break in a minute. But what we want to do is um, we'll come back and you know after the break and talk about why many businesses don't deserve financing so we've got a top 10 reasons why your business may not deserve financing and we're going to talk to you about how you can improve upon that situation do you own your business or does it own you? Is your business growing and are you making enough oh. money? As a business owner, there are so many things you need to know to become more successful. Hello, my name is Andrew Frazier, the Business Growth Pro and CFO. I created the Small Business Pro University for you. Small Business Pro University has self-paced, dynamic, multimedia learning experiences created by more than 20 instructors who are business owners just like you. Small Business Pro University will empower you to become a masterpreneur by learning the secrets to creating a successful enterprise to go from working in your business to working on your business. Take advantage of our strategic coaching program or just simply choose the courses that you need at www.sbprou.com we will empower you to thrive and not just survive and make more money in any business environment here with miriam cruz and really talking about um business financial management business financing and um what we're going to start off with is the top 10 reasons why your business may not deserve financing. So number one on the list is you're not willing or able to invest in your own business. You want us to tell, have, have you run into that before, Miriam? Yes. <laughs> I think um, I will say like 60% of the time I do get questions about, you know, I want to open up business and you know you start having a conversation about so what kind of business do you want to open and okay so do you know how much money is it going to cost you and they're like oh i don't know 
maybe a hundred thousand. Okay, so how much money do you have? And they're like, oh, I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you're kind of like, you nicely have a conversation. Well, you know, if you want to start a business, you need to work on a business plan. You need to prepare a budget and know exactly what you need, counting, you know, from the pen that you're going to need to the office supplies, any equipment and furniture. And once you have a total of what the amount will be, then you have to put at least, and this is, you know, for a startup business, like 15 or 20% down, depending of if they're going to be doing SBA financing, for example. Um, and I know that right now they're more flexible, they're, they're doing like 10%, but they still need to put money out of pocket. You know, they have to show that they're invested in their business, that they believe that the business is gonna be successful. If they don't believe in their idea, no one else is gonna do. And a bank, unfortunately, uh, yes, we are just a number. <laughs> and unless you can show your numbers, like I, I, I know there's a show that says, show me the money, they're not gonna show the money. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. yeah, it's important that they, you know, the, once you have an idea and if you're really serious about the idea and you're passionate about starting a business, then start planning and have a conversation with people like you that have, that can guide them in the right direction. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to be your first and most important investor. And if you don't, if you're not willing to do that, then you shouldn't be going in business and not only that if you're not able to do that you probably shouldn't be going into business and you should be going to work to save some money or do your business part-time and save some money because uh, it's very tough to be successful in business without money so um, and i, I had to agree with that statement yeah and 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 the other thing is we see that too often. And a lot of times people are lied to in that they, the people say, oh, you can get a grant to start your business. Oh, they'll give you money to start your business. You're a veteran, they give veterans all kinds of money to start your business. Mm -hmm. I've yet to see that, and uh, you probably as well. <laughs> yes, and that, that was gonna be the next, uh, my next point, you know, when, you know, I, people think that they, there are grants to start a business and they usually don't have an idea about what is a for profit and not for profit. And I had conversations with people that said like, well, when I open up a now for profit, I need to get a grant. I'm like, okay, so what kind of uh, business are you opening? They're like, oh, I'm going to sell cl uh, clothing. And I'm like, okay. So are you going to be making a profit? I'm like, yeah. So what are you going to do with the profits? Oh, it's to pay myself. I'm like, then you're not. <laughs> right. So you are generating a profit. You know, it would be different if you're giving those proceeds to a foundation or something like that, but you're not. So uh, having the, the people do have, I guess, the wrong information. Mm-hmm about you know how to access capital and the type of capital is available there for a small business and they you know it's because of a friend told them but they need to really get to the right resource to get information okay yeah no definitely that's 100 percent. so you know really you have to invest in your business so that's number one number two is 
a lack of business or industry experience. How often do you run into that, Miriam? Uh, um, a lot. <laughs> uh, examples of that will be restaurants. Everybody seems to want to own a restaurant. And they're like, oh, well, I my mom is a good cook. And I'm like, okay, so what kind of experience does your mom have? Does she ever work in a restaurant? Does she ever manage people? No. Okay, so what is your experience? And they're like, oh, I just uh, work in, um, you know, like driving a taxi. I'm like, okay, so there's really no experience related to the business that you want to get into. So at that point, if uh, there's someone that has a dream, and they, you know, I call them dreamers, but they don't really have a plan of action. It's very hard to kind of like guide them in the right direction because they, they, they don't allow anybody to help them. But for people that might have a good idea and they actually serious about opening a business, there's other, you know, resources and, you know, the conversation will be different as far as like, oh yes, you know, I don't have the experience, but I have money and I have, uh, manage people so maybe you can direct those people into franchising you know like get into a franchise hire someone that has the background experience in the industry so that's the type of uh, counseling that you can get give uh, to someone that actually has um, you know the the planning uh, the plan of action and they have the money saved and they have the management experience that can transfer to what they wanted to do and um you know and they can they can probably do the business that they want maybe you know the franchise counselor might tell them oh maybe this is not a good franchise for you but maybe we have another one that might work based on your skills okay no that's that's great you know one other thing approach i take is well you should work in the industry so maybe get a part-time job doing you know work in a restaurant see what it's really like um because it you know, when you look at something or you just see something, you really don't understand what it is or how to do it. But if you actually have a job there, um, and then you can learn on somebody else's dime. You know, I always say um, you can either learn by planning and preparing, or you can learn by losing money. So that could save you from losing a whole bunch of money by learning on somebody else's dime and somebody else's business. So uh, you know, definitely, or if you don't have enough money, that's a good place to go. Yeah, no, that, that is completely true. I mean, so, it's, it's, it's always um, a good idea to get the skills. And what you're saying is something that, yes, it might take them a little bit to get the experience because they do need at least two years experience. And depending on the lender, they might require more. Right. But, you know, but definitely, yeah, getting the experience, you want to know what you're doing. You're competing against people who do know what they're doing. So, you know, how well are you going to do? Um, so, yes, great points. So number three of the top 10 reason your business may not deserve financing, there may be credibility or character issues. Um, what types of credibility and character issues have you seen, Miriam? Oh, well, uh, I think majority of people have credit issues. 
-hmm. and because they don't know how to manage their money correctly. And maybe that's something that we're lacking from, like our system is lacking. You know, the, there's no financial education at the school. You know, you like need to learn how to manage credit, like sometimes the hard way or the no way. Um, and I see a lot of people that, you know, come out of college and they're already in debt. And, uh, uh, or back in the day, they were able to have credit cards and you were 21 and you already have like $20,000 in credit card debt. Um, I know that with, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm allowed to say names, but when I was in banking, you know, Obama put in place a lot of protections for people that apply for credit. And, you know, um, the students were not able to apply for credit cards, you know, when they were at, the, at a young age, they, they put restrictions. So I see there were a lot of changes that benefit uh, people of getting into financial trouble. Um, so uh, credit management is very important and we need to learn how to establish good credit. Um, unfortunately, credit is tells a story. Mm -hmm. If you're not responsible on paying your bills, if you don't pay them on time, if you max out on your credit cards, um, then chances are that you know you have bad credit and the bank is not gonna see you as someone that is responsible on paying back the debt. So that itself will be a reason for them to decline the loan request. Right, right. And and also, you know, when you're talking about character issues, your reputation. Um, you know, in small business, really, you are your brand and it's all of you and your brand is based on what people say about you when you're not there. So what, what do people say about you not when you're not there? Is it good? Um, have you run into, you know, what sorts of things do you run into in terms of, um, people's character in terms of, you know, who they are. Yeah. And for as, for as small business owners, sometimes they have the idea that yes, but my personal credit is one thing and my business credit is a completely different thing. You know, I have a tax ID. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's not the way it works. You're going to be responsible of guaranteeing that credit card that you're applying for under your business, um, that business loan that you're obtaining and you're defaulting on, everything is gonna go back to your personal credit report. And yet your business, uh, once they establish credit, um, they also gonna have you know, a negative impacts on the credit score. So it is important that they understand that the business and the personal credit is gonna be important. and. They, uh, any financial institution is always, 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 always going to review their credit, the, the personal credit score. Okay, that's right. You know, you can't just say, oh, well, my business credit, I'm going to work on my business credit score and I'll be fine. That's not going to work. So, yeah, so definitely that's a great point. Um, so, you know, another reason is no reported income sustainable of uh, sustaining payments um you know, do you run into that what what does that look like and and why does that happen 
that would be an example of someone making a million dollars in sales and reporting a loss of like five, six thousand dollars or even more. That would be a, an example of someone making good income and reporting twenty thousand dollars in profit. Um, you know, even for um, home purchases, you you can you know you analyze what is left, and then you divide it by twelve, and then you know exactly how much money is left to make a loan payment. And sometimes having those negative numbers shows that you're not you don't have payment capacity. And that lack of payment capacity shows that you're not you're not able you you're not able to pay back the loan, so therefore you get declined. So, and, and I know that the f financial system, you know, the uh, uh, the way that the small business owners get taxed, there's a lot of benefits that they have, and you know, as as far as like the write-offs and the report net profit. But at the same time, if you're planning to grow your business, make sure that you are, you know, uh, planning ahead and having those conversations with the CPA and tell them, like, listen, I'm probably going to need equipment this year. Or my business is growing so much, I'm probably going to need to buy a warehouse. And I need to plan accordingly. That way, when they are ready to apply for a loan, they guarantee the chances of getting that loan approved. And sometimes it's also the banker that they're working with. Because mm -hmm. the bank, you know, a lot of uh, bankers uh, might not have the knowledge, but if you get to the right person, they might be able to analyze your financials that give you like pinpoints of, this is what you need to do to qualify for a loan of that size. Maybe you need to, you know, work on show this much to be able to qualify for your loan. So th those are the things that you need to consider. And something that I always see uh, on when I analyze financials is um, the return retain earnings on the company. Uh, they they always negative, <laughs> so they take all the money that they make on the business. They don't leave anything back, and that's also something that is going to affect them when they're obtaining financing. Okay, cool. So you you mentioned re retained earnings. So that's really something that shows up on your balance sheet, one of your financial statements. And if you don't know the key three financial statements, you should learn that ASAP, which is the balance sheet, the income statement, and the cash flow statement, and understanding what's on them and what they say. Um, so retained earnings is one of the key pieces of the balance sheet that bankers look look at, but Miriam, can you just explain a little bit better what it, what even is retained earnings? For the money that is left at the end of the year, are you taking all the money into your personal account, or are you leaving anything on the business to reinvest in the business? That's, I guess, the easiest explanation. Okay, so so it's really, are you using any of the profits to finance your growth? You know, you want somebody else to finance your growth or you, yeah. So, so yeah, so that, that's key. So, um, you know, go ahead. And when you're, you know, when you, you talk about these three important documents for, you know, from the financial point of view and from the banker, 
underwriter point of view, there's a lot of uh, keys that we use to understand, you know, how the business is being managed. There's a lot of ratios that we calculate to see if your inventory is moving, if your business is solid, if you have leverage. There's a lot of uh, ratios that we use to identify that. And when the underwriter analyzes those, those financials that you're providing, those are the things that they're looking at. And every industry is different. Like not just in, I think every industry has a benchmark. However, you need to be around that benchmark. Business needs to be, to be around that benchmark because if you're not, then it shows that the business is not being managed the right way. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's important. Um, actually, last Saturday, I taught, uh, I did a training for the Small Business Development Center on access to capital. And one of the parts of the training I call um, trading places, just like the Eddie Murphy movie. And really, you know, if you were the lender or the banker, would you lend in these scenarios? And, and it's interesting how eye-opening it is, you know, especially, you know, if you ask, would you lend your money in those, you know, or would you lend to them? And if they didn't pay you back, you lost your job uh, because that makes it more real. Uh, so, you know, so definitely, you know, understanding, you know, like Miriam's saying, what they're going to do and what they're looking for makes a lot of sense. So cool. Cool. So, uh, you know, another thing sometimes you'll run into is unfiled tax returns. Uh, I don't know how crazy. I, I, I didn't see that many, but I saw a lot of businesses during COVID that didn't have their tax returns done on a timely manner. Okay. And a lot of business wanted to apply for the emergency disaster loan and they wanted to apply for the paycheck protection program and they wanted to take advantage of all this money available to help small businesses and they didn't have the financials in order. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was something that I saw last year more than ever. Uh, and a lot of those people kind of were locked out or getting any type of help because mm -hmm. they didn't file the tax returns. And yeah. eventually, even though that that's going to cut to them, they're going to get into trouble, you know, because, you know, not paying your taxes is something very serious. It's right. Right. Interest yeah. There's a, and, all kind of penalties. Yeah. And, and they get you later. You know, like they may not get you now, but that doesn't mean you've gotten away with it. Um, yeah, I, I think the worst one I've seen was there was a business that hadn't filed in the last five years. So um, really working with them to recreate their financials and get their tax returns submitted. You had to do that before they could even apply for anything. Yeah. Um, and then I guess you worked with people on the PPP um, both rounds, but, you know, I guess the first round was tough because a lot of people, especially small businesses, weren't eligible. 
um, at least for the, you know, for it, um, for, you know, a couple of reasons. What, what type of reasons did you run into as far as that? Well, when before PPP, uh, this year's version, you know, the, the Get2C filers, it was based on the net profit and all the net profits were negative to begin with. So they didn't qualify for any PPP uh, money. And uh, last year, obviously, there were completely different rules. And this year, what was different is that a lot of people kind of an advantage to a small business owners to self-employ people, but a disadvantage for a small business owners um, because they did file taxes and they did show a profit and they paid taxes and they were not able to get PPP money or at least very little PPP funds where uh, self-employed people were able to get sometimes a max of $20,000. So um, I know there were a lot of um, uh, people that weren't happy with you know the, the changes, but it's self-employed people who got the benefit of obtaining PPP funds when the first round they were not able to obtain PPP funds. Uh, right now, people are, you know, forgiveness uh, is life for those people that got less than 150,000. There is an easy process, it may seem like, but I actually got a client today that the SBA sent them a letter to show me proof that you use the funds correctly. So they are doing audits, <laughs> believe mm -hmm. it or not. I, I guess, you know, I don't really know, I, I don't think. A $3,000 loan is going to trigger an audit, but they did an audit on a $3,000 PPP loan. They wanted to see proof of what they use the money for. So that tells you, you know, like they might be doing on a case-to-case -case basis, but they are pulling those loans to make sure that the people use the funds the way they were supposed to use them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like the PPP first round, one of the biggest things, like you mentioned, is they, they didn't have any income. But the scary part is they didn't know they didn't have any income on their tax return. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you, you know, one thing as a business owner, you need to know what's on your tax returns. And, you know, you can't leave that to just your accountant or bookkeeper because they view their job many times as setting it up so you pay, pay the least taxes or no taxes. But if you're going to for financing, if you don't pay any taxes and you don't show any income, that means you don't have any money to be able to pay a loan back. So, um, yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, and uh, I had to say, I, I, I work with a lot of accountants and CPAs, and they're referring clients to me for, you know, lending and for PPP, they have sent their clients to me because they were in the middle of tax season. Uh, to, be, to begin with. So um, majority of these clients, the, the CPAs that I work with, they do have a conversation with the clients, if, either if it's the monthly basis or on the quarterly basis, and then let them know where they are. There are accountants that uh, unfortunately don't have the communication with their clients, that their clients don't know how much the money they're making, if they're losing money, if they're making money, they only know that at the end of the year, they might have to pay taxes or might not have to pay taxes. And when they're applying for financing, they're like, oh, my accountant didn't do, do it the right way. But that's also, you know, you're, that's your business. You're then the one that needs to stay on top of your numbers. 
you yeah. need to know what's going on with your business. Yeah. Just like, you know, if you go to a tax prep place, so, you know, keeping in touch. So now another thing that you may run into is an unsustainable business model. What is that? What does it look like and how do you fix it? I don't, I know that um, for the many times that I was at the NJSBDC's uh, access to capital panels, I noticed that there were a lot of people that have ideas, but then when you start having a conversation about their product, there was really not a market for it. And that, those are the things that you need to uh, work on on doing your market research and knowing whether your business, the services, the services and the product that you're creating is actually going to cover a need and if people are actually going to be paying for the service or buying your products otherwise you really don't have you might have an idea but you're not going to have a market for it yeah so definitely you know the market is key and then also just some business models can't work um, because even if they sold a lot the dynamics of their business might not allow them to make any money. And um, I'm sure you've seen that as well. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I think uh, the, the franchise have a model that is a proven model. And you always want to start creating a model for your business as well. Because, you know, in my case, I am a solo business owners, I do have a person that helps me every now and then, depending on how busy I get. Uh, I would love to have someone that helps me full time and that's my goal for next year. However, uh, I start documenting what I do and creating policies and procedures, something that I, you know, it was given to me when I was back in my corporate dates, but nowadays, uh, anything that I do that I know that someone else can do, um, you know, like completing applications, for example, like I start like making notes, this is the information you need to do. This is where you find it on the tax returns. Like I start creating those uh, procedures so someone else be, is gonna be able to use the skills and help you establishing the business model and transferring your skills and your knowledge to the other person so that way you can grow the right way, not to the point where you're the only person running the business and you grow and you're working in the business and, and not on your business. So I think for any small business owner, it's very hard in the beginning, but as you grow, as long as you have a structure in place, um, you can you know, become a monster. And, and I mean, I don't know what everybody's goal is, but for some people, they want to have a big business for some others we just want to have something that we can maintain and you know can you know we want to be able to share a passion with other people and maybe have a small team of people that work with us but um it depends on your dream and as much as you will you know if you're looking to grow your business start creating those models for for the growth because mm -hmm. you know you can be selling if you don't have the right uh, you know, procedure or the right model, then, you know, at some point the business is going to fall apart. 
Right. And I'm sure you probably see a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's a old, old joke. They say, um, you know, if, you know, if you, you know, if you're busy, if you don't have a good business model, generally that means your costs exceed your revenue um, or your variables. So, you know, they say we can make it up in sales, but what happens is every time you sell another thing, you lose more money. So understanding what your costs are is key. We covered a lot of things, but one thing that we talked a little bit about, want to go into even more is financial statements. Um, you know, those, that's one thing I found that many business owners, um, or might be afraid of, don't know about, don't understand, but they need to. Um, you know, Miriam, why is that and what are they? So the three financial statements that are key for any business owners are the ones that you mentioned before, the balance sheet, the income statement, and the cash flow statement. Uh, balance sheet is a financial a snapshot of your business. It gives uh, it gives you an idea on how much you have in assets, how much in liabilities, and what will be your network uh, for a for for us as bankers. And I still call myself a banker because you know that's where that's my financial background. Um, it gives us an, a good idea on your leverage. You know. If your business is uh, is doing well, how uh, strong your business is. So it is an important document that you should be reviewing. It's going to give you a good idea of how your business is doing. Um, as far as the income statement or the profit and loss, that gives you an idea on how much money you're generating, your gross income. Um, another important information you have there is your cost of goods sold, like how much money is costing you to produce, produce the income that you're producing. And then all your expenses, um, that includes your rent, your utilities, your payroll, and anything that it takes you to run your business. And then uh, lastly, your profit or your uh, losses. That's another important document that we review uh, as far as the lending. Um, we are always looking to see how your business is trending from one year to another year. Uh, very important for us when we're doing uh, your financial analysis. And the uh, last but not least is the cash flow statement that shows the net, net change in cash in the inflows and the outflows on, and, and three areas that will be the operating, the financing, and the investment income for your business. That's another important document. We don't use it in you know financial analysis. However, it's important as a business owner to you analyze that uh, cash flow statement. And I know a lot of business owners are reviewing their cash flow statement on the weekly basis, on the monthly basis, as frequently as you need. But that's another important information that you as a business owners will help you to make financial decisions for your business. Okay, great. So, you know, we talked about all three, which one is most important and why? I, for me, there's two that are important. Uh, the income statement or the profit and loss because it gives you an idea of how much money you're making and how much money your, your net profit is. And then your balance sheet because you want to see if you are, you know, a solid business, uh, like I said, you know, 
uh, it gives you a good idea when you compare your assets versus your liabilities. It shows your liquidity, uh, how quickly you can turn your assets into cash. Um, and there's that, that for me, is, uh, those two reports are the most important when you're analyzing uh, financials for a business. Excellent. So now, you know, one thing is accounting tends to be more today going back in time, whereas finance tends to be more today going forward in time. And, you know, definitely a lot of business owners look at the past, but financial information can also be used to help you with your future. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, what that means and a little bit about how you can use your financials to not only understand what has happened, but to uh, better um, plan for what's going to happen. So as far as um, this financial information, I would say they're very fundamental for any business owners to know how to read them, to understand what's going on between one month to the other. Uh, well, how your sales are, you know, are doing, comparing from like January to February, what are your busiest months of the year? What is going to be your uh, your earnings? What are you spending? Are you overspending? Is there anything that you can cut? Uh, and sometimes you can also identify that you know there must be mismanagement on you know the way someone is or yourself is managing your business, um, or, or sometimes you even with what happened on the construction industry. Let's let's be clear. Let's give you a clear example. For example, lumber prices increase and construction prices increase. So um, if you don't analyze how much it costs you to produce uh, that piece of uh, furniture that you, you were producing or um, and what is now your net profit, you might be working on a loss. So you need to make sure that you identify those financial issues before they get out of hand. Uh, and as far as the balance sheet, like I said, you want to know how much liquidity your business have. You, you want to know whether um, you over leverage, you have more debt than what you have on you as an, as an asset, because that shows that you might be experiencing a financial uh, issue and that you might need to address it right away. Um, and there's also some financial ratios that you can use. Obviously, you know, uh, that's something for more advanced business owners that want to stay on top of what's really going on in the business. But uh, knowing the financials and how to read, knowing they stay on top of your numbers is very important. That way you can take your business to the level you want to take them. Thanks, Miriam, for uh, sharing. Sorry about that. Um, you know, it's amazing how fast the hour goes. And, um, you know, but before we close out, we we'll always want like to have the guests really share some key takeaways that, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff. What are a couple of key things that you should take away from this that you can implement within your business immediately? Number one would be keep your financials in order. Um, number two, stay on top of your credit. Know what your credit score is. 
know that your credit score is telling a story and make sure that that story that you're telling with your credit is a good story as far as your repayment history, as far as the balances that you keep, make sure that you start preparing if you really want to uh, access to any type of financing in general, they're always going to be looking at your credit. Uh, so we said, you know, stay on top of your finances, check your credit score, uh, start having those conversations and building those relationships with your bankers, with the, your financial consultants, with your business consultant. There's a lot of um, resources that you have access to through the Small Business Administration. They have centers where you can access to a counselor for free. They have a score. They have the New Jersey Small Business Development Center, which I am one of the counselors for access to capital. You need to start preparing your documentation, have that conversation with your CPA, and start knowing exactly how much money you need. You know, like do your homework. Make sure you show that you are prepared, that you know how much you need, and do you have everything organized. So the minute that you are applying for the loan, you have more chances to be successful and obtain the financing you need. Hey, great. You heard it from there. Miriam, it's great information. Um, Miriam's an expert on business financing in terms of lending and helping business owners be more successful financially. So, Miriam, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us this evening and share your expertise um, with small business owners. So, thank you again. And um, look forward to having you on again in the future and seeing you continue to do great things for entrepreneurs throughout New Jersey. Andrea, thank you so much for the invitation. It's my pleasure to be on the show. I thought that an hour was going to be a long time, but it went flying. And I appreciate that you are doing this for, for business owners because you're giving them information and that's what they need so they can make the right decisions. Thank you okay. so much. Great, thank you as well. And um, we'll have you on again. So thanks again, Miriam. Um, thank you for um, the audience for tuning in. Um, another great show on some great information for business owners. Um, each week we try to cover different topics and different things that you as a business owner could benefit. And at the end of the day, um, you gotta keep in mind that in business, the more you know, the faster you grow. Take care and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com.